our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Gift with Robert Pruitt. This hour will motivate you to understand your significance and live your vision. It's a weekly discussion of a variety of topics designed to help you create a loving world through acts of service and more. Now, here is your host, Robert Pruitt. Hello and welcome to The Gift. Uh, This show is especially uh, near and dear to my heart uh, because I was born in 67, and if I have the... uh, math correct, I believe Sesame Street launched its first show either in 67 or 68, and I grew up watching, uh, well, let me just say it this way, some of my favorite characters, Grover, particularly when he's super Grover. Um, I love the Cookie Monster, not because he was shaggy um, or because he had a voracious appetite, but rather because he ate cookies every single show. And as a little kid, you know, what better thing to do than to have some TV time and eat what looked like either oatmeal raisin or chocolate chip cookies. Um, it was a wonderful journey for me, much the way I talk about um, my love for the Wizard of Oz. And, uh, you know, if I were to draw an analogy, today's show is entitled Dorothy Walks Down Sesame Street. Uh, and we're really not going to talk about Big Bird or Elmo or, you know, Oscar the Grouch or any of that. But my guest, uh, Brett Pierce, has been working on a wonderful project for, I want to say, the last two or three years that's called Pan Wapa. And I'll let him share with you a little more about the African origins of that name and what he has been working on. Uh, He is a program developer and a producer and educator who has spent at least 25 years working in media productions, and that led him to Sesame Workshop. So for me, this is about as close as I'm going to get to Sesame Street, at least for right now, uh, other than turning on my television and watching uh, what they have to offer. And for me, the show is... um, more meaningful than just my love of Sesame Street. It is really taking a look at the developmental phases and and without going into them, but knowing that there are some periods of development where we are able to tap into competencies, where we're able to have our purpose begin to unfold. And for many youth in particular, their worldview is predicated on how they view themselves and how a youth or any human being views ourselves has everything to do with the relationships that we create. And the Pan Wapa program really is about opening one's worldview or challenging our global and nurturing our global view or perspective. And to really take into account, you know, right now I know we are in the throes of the Haiti earthquake aftermath. And there are some, I would argue, 
that would sit at home and say, Haiti is not my community. Um, and they want to make it a conversation about race, or they want to make it a conversation about socioeconomic status, versus making it a conversation about the human spirit that is suffering. And to be able to connect one spirit to one spirit knows no boundary. And so I'm excited because, uh, you know, with, with Brett, we're going to talk a little bit about the PanWAPA program, as well as a conversation that he is having with some youth, I believe, in Iraq. So, Brett Pierce, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a real pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a, it's a, great, a great opportunity to have you uh, sharing your time and your gifts with us. Now, I don't want to take long uh, because, you know, we'll be heading to break at about quarter after the hour, but I would just like you, if you will, in about four minutes' time, talk to us about what PanWAPA is all about. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to take, actually, uh, the, a lead from you here, where you were talking about Haiti, for example, and kind of, you know, kids' different reactions to Haiti. And I think a lot of people might tend to respond to it by saying, kind of, not in my backyard. Uh, you know, sorry, it's difficult, it's challenging, but I've got enough to kind of deal with right here. It's not in my world. And Penwapa is a program that tries to, it's a, it's a website, it's www.pedwapa.com, that's what it is, and it's spelled P-A-N-W-A-P-A. But it's a website, it's a, it's a world that tries to combat that very kind of attitude of, you know, it's really too bad for the people in Haiti, but it's very far away from me. Uh, and it's not a spirit-to-spirit connection like you just talked about. And so at a very young age, kind of five, six, seven, eight, this program tries to open those kids' minds up to engaging with the world, to stimulating their curiosity about the world, to increasing their wonder about the world, so that as they mature and as they evolve, um, that, that framework is in, you know, they're thinking and they're making decisions and they're, they're acting based on that more global perspective as opposed to a very local one. And, it's a, and this is a pretty new thing, and a lot of it you know, has certainly been, um, you know, it's, it's been rapidly on the rise due to all the technologies and kind of the world is smaller, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, there hasn't been a lot of kind of educational applications of this kind of new global perspective and the significance of it and the importance of it um, so that kids can evolve um, into, into responding to something um, like Haiti in an engaging and compassionate way. Mm-hmm. The program itself, it's, uh, it's got some Muppet characters, very similar to uh, Grover and Cookie Monster, like you were talking about. Uh, our lead character is a guy named Azebo, the furry green monster, and they live on Penwapa Island, and Penwapa Island is a floating island, um, and so it floats all around the world, and part of the fun is finding Penwapa Island when you go onto the website. But when you go to Penwapa Island, you are kind of metaphorically now of the world. Okay, you are not, you know, necessarily American or, or Filipino or Indonesian or uh, Chinese. You are just kind of a global citizen. Uh, and the word Penwapa does come from a word uh, from the Chiluba language, which is spoken in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and it means uh, here on this earth or of this earth. 
And so what kids can do is they go to Penwapa Island and they create their own kind of avatar there, their own kind of semblance of self, um, and they're allowed to go and explore the world. And they do it very safely. This is a totally 100% safe environment. There's no email addresses given. There's no, you know, there's no way for the kids to write, basically. And that's where trouble can happen with young kids uh, on the Internet is that they're allowed to write and communicate back and forth. But there are real kids on this, and you kind of you log in, and you get a name that's based on your country, and you can zoom into South Africa, or you can zoom into Egypt, or you can zoom into Brazil, and there are other Penwapa kids, and you can leave messages with them, and they're prescribed messages. There's kind of a menu of choices. Again, that's our way to uh, make sure this is a safe world. And in going through that activity and some other activities, it begins to, we hope, uh, and we have some evidence to support this, open their minds to the idea that there's a lot of kids out there and there are a lot of kids that are making the same choices as you because one of the things that you get to do is get to pick your favorite fruit. Um, so maybe you're a banana person or maybe you're a, you're, a, you're, you're a grapes person. Well, you'll find out that there's actually a lot of grape lovers out there. There's a lot of frisbee lovers. There's a lot of flute lovers. Um, and you start to see yourself as part of these kind of wider global communities. And that's that's the, that's the wedge that we want to open in kids' minds, that wedge into a, into a, a grander global awareness, mm-hmm. into thinking that way, so that when something as devastating and, and huge as the earthquake in Haiti happens, you have young kids, seven, eight, who can begin to engage with that experience and begin to understand that experience and begin to think about what can I do. And if you can get them thinking that way at seven or eight, then, then by the time they're you know teens and twenties, um, it is it's it's the way they think. And let me let me say this as we get ready to go to break. I have a friend whose son is eight years old, and their class wanted to raise a hundred and fifty dollars to send to Haiti, and they actually raised over five hundred in less wow. than twelve hours. So when we come back, we're going to pick up this conversation with my get my guest Brett Pierce. I intend to talk about this global awareness. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866-2-VOLUNTEER. Or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. 
Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752, 800-994-6752. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back to The Gift. Uh, We are having a wonderful and just really have begun a wonderful conversation with my guest, Brett Pierce, uh, who is a program developer, producer, and educator who has spent more than 25 years working in media and uh, is currently the executive director of PanWAPA, which is a new initiative from Sesame Workshop. And if that name sounds familiar, at least Sesame, then you are probably a fan of Sesame Street. And I've, you know, with my two sons that are six, you know, we went through the Barney phase. Mm-mm, didn't really work for me. <laughs> we went through a bunch of other, like other folk, like the Wiggles. Mm-mm, didn't really work for me. But there's something still very prevalent about Sesame Street because it took me on a journey. Even the part, Brett, where they talked about, oh, these are the people in your neighborhood. You know, it took you through a community journey to take a look at who the police officer was. Uh, who the grocery store clerk was, who the mail carrier was. And, you know, part of that was about connecting with people. And PanWAPA is about connecting with people and giving us a platform, and youth in particular. And I would offer, Brett, it also gives parents, because I've already signed on to that bad boy. And, you know, my sons are still playing with the creation of their own flags, which is a part of that process mm-hmm. uh, and experience. And so... I get to journey through conversations with my sons that perhaps I would not have if we did not play with applications like PanWAPA or if we didn't play with applications like Google Earth, which allow us to travel any place, almost any place we want to go instantaneously and begin to see that as an extension of our physical selves. So I know that you had an opportunity to travel. Let's just talk about Macedonia. I'd love to hear about that as we talk during the break. And I certainly want to hear about your Iraqi experience because we know that that name alone is very prevalent in our national and international news. Mm -hmm. Well, with Macedonia, um, this is a... um 
this is a project. This is about this is a little while ago. It's about ten years ago, and it was just after the country of Macedonia had really established itself because it was part of the former uh, Yugoslav Republic. And so all of those countries, kind of Croatia, Bosnia, Macedonia, uh, Slovenia, and others, uh, broke off and became independent countries. And Macedonia was a is a small country, beautiful country, gorgeous country. And when you this is something that we don't uh, that we don't necessarily think through as, as at least here in the United States. When you live in a small country like that, you do not have the the infrastructure, uh the media infrastructure to produce your own television. Uh you produce your own news, you cover some sporting events, you cover some maybe music or performing arts events. But you don't produce television series. That takes a lot of uh, a lot of writing talent, production talent, uh, TV studio, um, TV studio availability, and that kind of thing. So there's the vast majority of the countries out there in the world don't have their own television series, and therefore the kids that grow up in those countries don't get a chance to see themselves on TV. And we all know how powerful Sesame Street is, for example, here in this country. We know how powerful. Disney and Nickelodeon and other kind of large television brands are on kind of who our kids are, and that's a positive and a negative thing, honestly. Um, but if you're living in a country like Macedonia, where you never see yourself, you're you're a 15-year-old living in Skopje, which is the capital of Macedonia, and and television, you're watching Beverly Hills 90210, whatever that show is. You're watching um, kids in California. You're watching uh, basically a lot of American kids or British kids, a lot of imported programming. And all this stuff does kind of help to form your identity. So the opportunity we had in Macedonia was to go in there and for the first time, this was a show targeting 8- to 12-year-olds, and it was a kind of a conflict resolution curriculum, and it was with our partners, uh, an NGO, a wonderful uh, NGO in Washington, D.C., called Search for Common Ground. And... We had an opportunity for the first time to show kids, okay, real Macedonian kids, okay, in a television series, so that the viewing audience could finally see themselves. They could finally see a reflection of who they were, the language they spoke, the issues that drive them. And so our opportunity, therefore, is to create role models, is to create kids that the viewing audience can identify with, but also do more than that aspire to. And in the situation there, the, the challenge of that country, among uh, other things, is that there's, there's a lot of tension still between the Albanian population uh, and the Macedonian population. And so we had the opportunity to create kind of a cast of characters that were both Albanian and Macedonian. Uh, we also had a Roma character and a Turkish character, uh, kind of representative of the various minorities in that country. And... It was very much about how this group of kids, they're kind of forced to come together. We came up with a kind of a magical device. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. It's, they all live in an apartment building, and that apartment building is alive. And it, 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 it's a woman. Her name is Carmen, and she can hear everything in the walls, and she knows all the conversations that go on in the families. And she decides enough is enough, and she reveals herself through like an old abandoned television set to these five kids, one Roma, one Turkish, two Macedonian, one Albanian. And this is their secret. Now they're forced to kind of deal with each other. They're forced to talk, uh, play with each other, and, and start working through their stereotypes 
about Albanians and about Macedonians and, and about the Roma people. And it was this kind of wonderful opportunity for us to put all of this out there for the kids, and it was the first time that they'd ever seen themselves on television. Mm. And that was, that was an extraordinary experience. And there was also, we can make mistakes when we do this. You know, there's, there's, there's formulas and ideas about, okay, we want to make sure that this character is, that we're identifying, you know, that the audience identifies with this character and looks up to this character. And the, in that country, uh, and this is true of a lot of countries in that region, if there's one minority group that is really disparaged, uh, it's the Roma. Um, they are uh, often perceived as kind of the bottom of the bottom. And so we had this lovely Roma character, a girl, um, and we did testing. Uh, when you go into kind of this type of work where you're doing um, media, which has a curriculum base to it, but you still want to be able to compete with the top other entertainers out there, we still want to take down, you know, compete with Disney and compete with the other, um, the other networks out there. Um, so when you're doing curriculum-driven stuff, I'm sorry, Robert, I just totally lost my train of thought in the middle That's of that. That's all right. But, but, but back to, to the Roma character. We, oh, we test. Okay? We, we have to, we can't as adults, if you're doing a program for 8- to 12-year-olds, you can't as an adult pretend that you know what's best for an 8- to 12-year-old. So the ideas that we're coming up with, and these are all local writers in Macedonia, it's a very, very small kind of U.S. presence in this particular case, and in most cases like this. Uh, it's really all about kind of training the local kind of writing and producing staff in that country so they can carry on this kind of program. But you test with 8- to 12-year-olds. You go out there and you, you find out if they like these characters, if they think these stories are good, um, if they identify with these characters. And we also do some educational testing. What do you, you group of Macedonian children, what do, you, what do you think about Albanians? And same thing with the Albanians back to Macedonians. So we get a sense of their attitudes and their prejudices and their, uh, how open or closed they are to the other. And then after we produce the show, we ask them the same question. And, and we look for an attitude change. We look for a greater awareness. We look for a Macedonian kid to respond to a question after watching the programming where they say, yeah, I, I would invite an Albanian kid over to my house. Or I would be open to going to a school where there was half, you know, it was a mixed group and it wasn't just all Macedonian or just all Albanian. And, we, and that teaches us a lot kind of how to move forward. In this case, we had this gorgeous uh, character, this Roma character. We kind of really um, thought we'd done a wonderful job with her. And in the end, we kind of, her name was Atijay. And we asked our audience, you know, what do you think of Atijay? And they loved her. They just thought she was one of their favorite characters, and she was warm and compassionate and compelling. And then we would ask, well, what do you think of Roma? And their attitude hadn't changed. Okay, they still kind of looked down on the Roma people uh, as they had prior to the programming. And we were trying to figure out what did we do wrong? How can you love this character who represents kind of Roma people um, and not be rethinking a little bit your attitude toward that, that minority. And the mistake we made is we put her too high in a pedestal. They all said, she's not like the Roma people we know. She, uh, she didn't have characteristics that they would recognize as Roma. So we had kind of isolated her from her culture mm. uh, by mistake. I mean, that's, you know, this is what you learn when you go into this kind of 
programming. And that brought about a whole new kind of rethinking of how we want to present this character um, more inside of her cultural context as the series progressed. And, and it also, you know, just speaks to the power of, of the media. And the most important thing, most important tool you have as a, as a media producer is character. Okay, because if, if you think of your favorite movies, if you think of your favorite TV shows, whether you're a kid, a teen, or an adult, um, you generally are attracted to the people, to one person or another person. Maybe it's because you totally identify with them. Maybe it's because you aspire to be them. Um, maybe you just find them very funny or interesting or witty. But it's mostly character and not so much plot and situation. And so as we try to develop programming ideas, uh, media um, to help bring about um, greater understanding of the other, bring about tolerance, bring about global awareness, whatever the kind of the basic curricular spine of that programming is, our central tool is character. Um, and so we want to create role models, not role models that are out of reach, not superheroes. They need to be vulnerable. They need to be um, like the viewing audience itself. And that brings us back in this loop to research. Therefore, we need to know that viewing audience. Um, so we go out there a lot. A lot of that's built into the budget, the process, the types of programs that I work on. So you're spending a fair amount of time with, for Penwapa, four- to eight-year-olds, with what this program was called uh, Nashe Malo, uh, which meant, um, oh, God, our neighborhood. Um, so in that case, it was eight- to 12-year-olds. This program in Iraq... It's different. It's uh, for 14 to 18-year-olds. Well, I tell you what, I want to put a pin in that, and when we come back from this break, let's talk about the Iraqi experience, because here's what's coming up for me as you speak, Brett, that one, there's an awareness of a global, a need for global development, the awareness of global development in youth and in adults, I'm adding that piece, mm -hmm. and that we get to acknowledge the belief systems that we have or our attempts at serving other people where our service works and perhaps doesn't work. So we'll come back and talk about this more with my guest, Brett Pierce, right here on The Gift. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752, 800-994-6752. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. 
Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to the gift. Dorothy walked down Sesame Street. How else would I put the two together but to, you know, really take a look at what Dorothy, you know, uh, I guess represents for me. And I I know in my write-up, I went on a literary stretch, but I said, you know, I can see Dorothy being the ambassador of the Republic of Kansas, <laughs> the Democratic Republic of Kansas, you know, and there was something about the way she moved through the various environments that for me broadened her view of herself and opened her up to receive the various cultures from the culture of uh, the representatives of Munchkin land to, if you will, the culture of a scarecrow. What is it like to be up on a post and to live your life in a field? Or what is it like to be a woodsman and you're chopping and, if you will, have your life located to that experience? And globally, we know there are people, I know people in the United States that have never been outside of their city, let alone their state, but haven't been off their block <laughs> haven't been out of their city, some haven't been out of their state, some haven't been out of the East Coast or the West Coast or, you know, the Midwest or the South or the North. And so to have an experience like Panwapa uh, take you through the use of an avatar into other countries begins to help you understand more about yourself. Um, we were just talking about the Macedonia experience, which I love, and I particularly love the piece where you talked, Brett, about needing to get more information because one of the characters, while you all created the character to be representative of the Roma culture, she did not represent it from their standpoint. And so many times, Brett, uh, when we choose to serve people, we get to have the moments where things are missing and not working. And so I just offer this to you as we go into your story about Iraqi. You said earlier, you know, what did we do wrong? Maybe it wasn't about doing anything wrong. 
Maybe it was simply about asking three questions. What worked? What didn't work? And what was missing? Because going down, if you will, that uncharted path and having those conflicts can lead to a wonderful awareness and provide opportunities for growth because we know that growth is rooted in conflict. What we want is functional conflict, Mm -hmm. not dysfunctional conflict like what we talked about at the beginning of the show where people will look at television and say, Haiti is not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Those are not my people. So enough you know, with my little soliloquy and banter, let's talk about Iraq. Sure. Um, this is a this is a recent project, uh, and it's it's a it's kind of the best project of my life. I think uh, I'm very very fortunate to um, have gone into this. I'm very fortunate to have gone into this world, and I think partially is because I was lucky as a kid to not that we traveled a lot as a family. We didn't we didn't actually. Um, but I loved geography, and I had a good geography teacher early on, and that kind of opened my sense out to the world. And I, I asked my daughter this morning, my daughter's 10 years old, about, you know, we were talking a little bit about Penwapa, and, and she's past Penwapa. She's outgrown it because it's for more four- to eight-year-olds. And but I said, but really, why is it important? Why is global awareness important? Uh, anyway, I mean, I can, I can talk and riff about... I can give all the reasons uh, academically and intellectually, but really, to you, why is it important? And her response was, so, one, because if, you know, somebody's going to become president from my generation, and they need to know about the world, and if they're not going to become president, then, you know, if you want to become an ambassador, or you want to become uh, some sort of representative of your country, you need to know the world. And the fact that that was her answer suggested to me that, I've got a daughter that's thinking the way I wanted to think. <laughs> okay, that she's thinking in terms of being an ambassador, in terms of knowing that there are jobs out there and opportunities out there that revolve around kind of global awareness. And if you start that as a parent or as an educator, if you start that thinking early in childhood, then by the time they're ten, bingo, they are. They're thinking in that in that context. Now in Iraq, you've got an extraordinary situation. Um, this is a program targeting 14 to 18 year olds. Now, most of these kids, uh, and, I'm, and I've only been working with this project for a year, I've been to um, northern Iraq or the Kurdistan area, uh, Erbil, which is the capital of the Kurdistan area, twice. So I, I am not an expert on Iraq by any means. Um, but we've done some workshops and we've done uh, we've, we've actually produced a TV special that we're just finishing editing, and I've worked very closely with kind of between 30 and 80 youth there. And so what I can say is that amongst the 14 to 18-year-olds there, this is a group that has never, ever experienced their own country. Okay? From the moment they were born, they were under a very uh, brutal regime. Um, and then as they evolved, it was, it's been a war-torn country. They have never, if you live in Basra, down in the south, you don't leave Basra. As a 16-year-old, you've never gone out of Basra. Why would you, where would you go? Uh, it's not a safe place. It hasn't been a safe place their entire life. And so the identity that these kids have grown up with are, are very local. It's very small. It's very enclosed. It's very hard for them to look beyond their province, you know, to the larger state that is Iraq, to the larger area that is kind of the Middle East, uh, to the world. And so this is the mindset 
with which we're working there. And so we brought these 30 kids to Erbil, uh, as I said, which is the capital of Kurdistan, um, which is the northern kind of semi-autonomous region in Iraq. And they, they had never met the kids from Baghdad, had never met kids from Basra, had never met kids from the Kurdish area, had never met kids from Babylon area. It was, and, and, there's, and each of these areas is very much defined kind of religiously and culturally, kind of conservative, not conservative, sometimes linguistically, okay, because a lot in the Kurdish region only speak Kurdish. Uh, and then in the southern region of the country, they only speak Arabic. Um, so that unto itself was just amazing that we had these 30 kids in this one place. And I'm telling you, within 20 minutes, that physical kind of presence of each other just immediately broke down. And what we had was we just had 30, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Uh, it would just, it, it, those, those divisions, those cultural divisions, those religious divisions, uh, those economic divisions totally kind of went away, and they were so excited to, for the first time, kind of meet the other. And this is just within Iraqi culture. So with this project, based on that experience and based on some research and, and a lot of input from curricular advisors in Iraq, we're trying to create a show that has as its goal um, kind of identity building. It's about letting these kids know that they have a voice, that they've got a perspective, that their opinion matters, that, um, that, they're, that all of these feelings inside of them to kind of be who, you know, who am I and following those, those, those roads, wherever those may go, that you, you should be encouraged to do that. You know, through artistic expression, through the making of films, through poetry, there's a huge kind of poetry and storytelling tradition going on there, uh, or have been for, for many years, and through music. But we need to do this, Robert, you know, in a way that respects the culture, okay, in a way that's not um, reflective of, you know, maybe our democratic, more individualistic values, um, because those are not the foundational values of the Iraqi society. Um, so there's a very fine line and balance that we need to go there, uh, you know, go down, go down that road. And the way we're going to achieve that is, is again, it's a very small group of U.S.-based people, and it's about kind of pulling together um, an Iraqi team. And what we did was we had them all kind of create short films about peace. We had them prepare uh, performance pieces. Uh, we had them engage in competitions. Um, kind of quiz-like shows and physical competitions and more mental challenges. And we filmed this entire weekend. And what we were trying to find out is how important is, is Iraqi citizenry to them? How important, um, how, how developed and evolved are their individual voices? How, um, how expressive are they? Are they shy? Do they, do they not have a lot to say? Do they, have, do they want to say a lot? Just we, had, we had to get a real strong sense of who this, this audience was. And what we discovered is, is that, coming back to the beginning of this, seg this segment, is the universality of the 17-year-old. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Iraqi 17-year-old really is not that different from the U.S. 17-year-old. Okay, they're, they're 17. They're idealistic. They've got a million ideas. They want to talk, 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 talk. They love performing. They created films that were both hysterical 
and deeply, deeply um, moving in a, for us, I think, a rather troubling way. Because one of the things that we also want to discover amongst this crowd is in your storytelling, okay, in your narrative, in, in our ability to try to pull stories out of you and get you to talk, how much of your past needs to be acknowledged? Uh, how much of kind of your upbringing and, and the turbulent times in which you've lived, how much of that needs to kind of get out? And we found out a, a fair amount. Uh, two of the movies that they produce, and, you know, again, they produce and they come up with the idea. They just had to be like kind of two to five minutes. Uh, two of them involves, you know, explosions and death. Um, and that's, you were to, if you were to ask 17-year-olds in this country to make movies about peace, uh, not too many would be going down that road. Well, but, let, me, let me put a pen right there. Because when we come back, this will be our last break. I, I want you to not only complete that last piece about what the 17-year-olds were sharing, but I'd like you to invite us or challenge us with a specific tip or action that we can take uh, that will support us in serving others or getting clear about our global perspective. Uh, that on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to RobertPruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit RobertPruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752, 800-994-6752. Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866 866- to volunteer or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back 
to the gift. Brett, we left off with a pen in the portion of the Iraqi story where you were talking about 17-year-olds talking about and filming issues of death. Please pick up from there. Yeah, it, 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 what was just kind of striking to us was just how much that was a part of their narrative. Um, you know, everybody has stories to tell, everybody has a narrative, and I find it to be compelling to, to think like that, uh, to think in terms of storytelling and narrative and what's my narrative, what's my story, and that's one of the things that we're trying to get the Iraqi youth to do, and it was just, just, it was just amazing to us, the context, uh, you know, the types of stories that they told, and it was, it was very much reaching back to... Um, to the troubles they've had. They had no fear of showing explosion, of showing death. It is a part of their, uh, their mindset. But they all twisted it, you know, at the end, uh, to the end into this beautifully idealistic, uh, honestly, idealistic um, vision of peace uh, that they, that their generation can bring about. And that's what we want this program to do. This is similar to Macedonia in that these are kids that don't often see themselves on TV, and we hope in our programming, which will be kind of American Idol meets Jeopardy meets real world, that Iraqi kids will be able to see themselves on TV in a positive, honest light um, and, and pick up on that positive energy, pick up on the notion that they can express themselves. And they should be encouraged to express themselves and to kind of find, to find their narrative. Hmm. How powerful. Because for me, in the story of the Wizard of Oz, that was one of Dorothy's, uh, and again, this is what I made up, one of Dorothy's greatest challenges was to express her story. And her story was you know, that of pain. And my Kansas is bleak and it's dull and nobody listens to me and they don't nurture me the way I want to be nurtured. And, you know, I'm fully aware of and take responsibility for any interpretation that I give to something outside of what the artist attended is a reflection of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I saw me. My life was gray and dismal. Woe is me. And to express oneself is the greatest gift that we can ever give to ourselves, and that is the story, and that is the narrative. Um, so, in an, you know, if you will, in an attempt to support our listening audience in expressing themselves or challenging their worldview or challenging themselves to take ownership for their stories and their narratives, do you have any tips or something specific that you can leave with us? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, for... For parents or educators or, or uh, parents of, of younger children, four to eight, I w- would definitely start with it with something like Panwapa. Uh, it is universal. It's in five languages. It's in English, Arabic, Mandarin, Japanese, and Spanish. Um, and it's uh, go on to the website. It's www.panwapa. P-A-N-W-A-P-A dot com. And register. You kind of go in there and you state the country you're from, and then you go in and you create this avatar and you become a part of the Penwapa world. And that, that's, a, that's a step to just beginning to open up that child's mind into the idea that there is something beyond their backyard. But know that kind of global awareness uh, is very abstract and challenging to kids. When they see a map, they often just see kind of a uh, piece of paper with a blotch of different colors on it. So, ironically, what we also learned is 
that really to get kids to engage with the world around them, which is our goal, they have to start by engaging with their local community. So there's a paradox in that, and that in order to kind of understand the world out there, you've got to first engage in some sort of substantive way with your community around you. And whether that's um, recycling or picking up litter or taking an area that's kind of downtrodden and throwing and somehow turning it around to a playground, whether it's taking the, the garbage cans in your, in your school and painting them bright colors, look for that kind of activity. Begin right in your own community, whether that community is a church community or a school community or a building block or a neighborhood or whatever that might be. Um, I, paradoxically, to reach the outer world, you've got to begin with kind of what you see viscerally right in front of you. And finally, I think the value, and this isn't so much a tip, but the value that guides me is I'm always just trying to figure out how to magnify my actions. And, and my actions hopefully are intended not to pass on my value system, not to pass on my belief system, not to proselytize, but to, to create something that provides my viewers and my users with more kind of choices, with, 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 a, with a wider perspective to make their own choices. And if I can find ways to kind of magnify that, to amplify it, um, so it's not just me and my kids or me and my classroom, um, but goes a step further, that's, that's, that's my goal. That's my kind of daily, weekly, monthly framework. Mm. Brett Pierce, program developer, producer, and educator uh, for over 25 years. And I'd love to say I share that with you. I started working with uh, gifted and talented youth until I got really wise and recognized that we're all gifted and talented mm -hmm. in different ways. Uh, but I started 25 years ago. So it is a pleasure to share this time and space with you. I thank you uh, for your time, for your energy, and for me, the passion that comes through your storytelling. Um, and I certainly would love to have you back on in the near future. I want to do a segment on educators, both formal and informal. So let's talk about that as a possibility. But I want to release you from this moment by saying thank you. Uh, it, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It has been my pleasure as well, Robert. So I appreciate it, and this is a, uh, this is a wonderful show. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. That was Brett Pierce, who is the executive director of PanWAPA, a new initiative from Sesame Workshop, and those are the creators of Sesame Street. Uh, I want to give a special thank you to my sponsors, the National Student Leadership Conference. If you want to continue to stretch your worldview, go to nslcleaders.org. Uh, we have our programming that starts in the summer. Phenomenal way to uh, take on your interests, your talents, your skills, whether it be law or international diplomacy. Uh, or whether it's medicine and health care, or if you just want to focus on leadership, uh, you know, without there being a dueling discipline, check out what nslcleaders.org has to offer. Also, the National Relief Network. Uh, you heard Brett Pierce talk about get involved in your local community. Well, NRN responds to national uh, disasters, floods and fires and earthquakes, and so there's always an opportunity for serving outside of your specific hometown, but understanding that the nation and the world 
is just simply your larger community. And you can reach them at nrn.org. And if you get confused on any of this, our numbers are right on the splash page for the gift. Call me. Email me. I'll be glad to give you their information. And uh, as always, I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for downloading uh, the shows. I thank you for talking about the show. It is really my hope that each show will provide you with the realization that you are a gift and that you get to share the gift you are with the world. That is what your life is about. So if you want to go after the acquisition of material things, please do. But know that if an earthquake comes, that material object may crumble and shatter, and the question left is, who are you? And the question after that is, what do you have to offer? And so I thank you for tuning in to The Gift. I invite you to listen to the words of Dennis Young, who says, it's in every one of us whether it's the song or the story or the narrative that Brett spoke about or whether it's the talent, the skill, the ability, or the experience that I talk about. You never need to look externally like Dorothy did. Close your eyes, click your heels, and know that the truth of who you are can only be found in you. God bless and keep the faith. It's in every You've been listening to The Gift. Join your host, Robert Pruitt, again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thank you again for spending part of your weekend with us.